Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the field. It go down. It go down in the field. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Night racing is back at Richmond Raceway. This spring, top NASCAR drivers like Ryan Blaney, Chase Elliott, Bubba Wallace, Ross Chastain, and Virginia's own Denny Hamlin will battle under the bright lights. And this historic track also offers a rocking infield experience with unparalleled access to your favorite drivers and one of the best tailgate scenes around. For a weekend of friends, family, and amazing short track action, head to Richmond Raceway, March 29th through 31st. Get tickets now at richmondraceway.com. Hello there, folks, and thank you for listening to the show. I'm Joanna. I'm Nate, and this is Stranger Than. Today we have stuff to tell you about some rather strange incidents throughout the world. I'll be hitting uh, Europe and uh, Florida. Oh, Florida. Florida, Florida and Europe, although it's not... That's so weird because nothing strange ever goes on in Florida. I know, it's, it's such, a, <laughs> such a benign place. Uh, but it's actually not like a, like a Florida man story, you know? It's, it's a different kind of story from Florida. Gotcha. Gotcha. I will um, be keeping it strictly in the, unit, in the United States. We're going to be talking about some uh, strange and weird occurrences in... Chicago, Illinois, and the Vegas. Oh. Yeah. Well, those are some places. Those are indeed some places. Well, why don't we start out in Europe, since we'll be domestic the rest of the time? Sounds good. This is an article from NPR. A fluorescent green Venice Canal is beguiling residents. Police are on the case. Something's in the water of Italy's famed Grand Canal in Venice. Venetians woke up to a mysterious patch of fluorescent green in the central waterway on Sunday. The verdant stretch hugged an embankment near the Rialto Bridge and appeared to spread as the day went on based on images posted on social media. Police are investigating the origin of the liquid after residents reported the spectacle to authorities on Sunday morning. Luca Zaya, the governor of the Veneto region, said on Twitter, Italy's fire and rescue agency said it's working with local environmental offices to identify the substances from a collected sample of the water. A range of theories have surfaced online with some speculating algae growth and others pointing the finger at environmental activists. Uh-oh. I know, ruh-roh. <laughs> City Councilman Andrea Pegoro... Pegoraro blamed climate activists, CNN reported, who had been targeting... Italian cultural recites in recent months. The group Ultima Generazione, which has, I think it's supposed to mean ultimate generation, which has poured charcoal into fountains in Rome at least three times since April in protest, told the network that the green coloring, quote unquote, wasn't us. The timing of the emerald patch also aroused suspicion. The 
Vogalonga Rowing Regatta, in which amateur crews finish along the Grand Canal, took place over the weekend. The amateur boat event aims to celebrate the Venetian Lagoon environment as well as protest wave motion from excessive motorboat traffic that riles the city. For many, the bright green water calls to mind a 1968 exploit by eco-artist Nicolas Gracias Uriburu, according to the Metropolitan Museum of Art. Uriburu colored the waters of the Venice Grand Canal with that year with a neon green dye called fluorescein to promote to, to promote environmental awareness. Yeah, dye the water, and then all that. That's that's probably great for the environment. <laughs> but hey, it's well, really strange. I mean, it looks it looks like it looks very green. You can, I don't you can know find that that is like crazy. necessarily a bad thing. The green, I mean, I hear that that those waters are disgusting in Venice, oh, and that it actually I mean, kind of like a... stinks pretty bad. So. Oh, I would be surprised if it didn't. It's in the middle of a major city, you know. Yeah, and it's been there for hundreds of years. Uh huh. So really, I don't know. Like maybe the the green is like a little more aesthetically pleasing. To, like, the whatever uh, other color it is. Yeah, to, like, I don't know, like, the dirt brown that it probably is. Who yeah, knows? I don't know. I, I mean, mean, like... Humans are pretty fucking foul. Yeah. I mean, that we... canal water is nasty. nasty. I mean, I want to see Venice anyways, but, yeah, I mean, it looks real picturesque and everything, but from what I've heard from people who have actually been there, like, yeah, it fucking smells. That yeah, water well, is gross. Yeah, hopefully... This dying of it green will get people to pay more attention and not pollute the shit out of it. Although, I don't know how you're not going to. I mean, the cars in the streets are going to get the oil and runoff and all that kind of shit. Yeah. I mean, you're going to get... It's 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 like the, the River Thames in, in uh, London. I'm sure uh -huh. that is just a fucking disgusting shithole, at least in some parts. Yeah. Because, you know, it's in the middle of a major metropolitan area. Plus, it seems to be a place where people like to, you know discard dead bodies and yeah, such, yeah, so well, you know one one, <laughs> so one there's must that too. one must there's that too but yeah i i yeah i love the tone of the article like damn environmentalists <laughs> yeah and that was from npr too oh my goodness yeah how un npr like of them across america bp supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Well, why don't we move on to something you've got to talk about, Joanna? Okay, well, we're going we're gonna to go to the Windy City where there's a pretty interesting article that I stumbled across. Um, don't see this one every day. So this is off of original.newsbreak.com uh, uh, five days ago. Um, so, you know, like June 8th. Or thereabouts, and this article was written by Natalie Frank, PhD. The title of it is Three Severed Heads Left at Chicago Employees Desk After Accusations of Mishandling of Donated Bodies. Jesus. Yes. <laughs> Employee alleges severed heads left on desk as reprisal for making complaints to supervisors about poor conditions of donor bodies. Talk about a Karen move. I know, right? <laughs> so rude. A horrifying scene unfolded at the Anatomical Gift Association of Illinois, otherwise known as the AGA. When three severed heads from donor bodies were discovered at an employee's desk, <laughs> the unsettling incident occurred after the employee, Dale Wheatley, raised concerns about alleged misconduct and poor conditions of donated bodies to his supervisors. Wheatley, who works as a delivery person for the AGA, arrived at his workspace two weeks ago to find sage burning and three severed heads placed on a plastic container near his desk. Jesus. They went a little overboard with the sage, I think. A, a bit, I mean, like, bit. I mean, I think I feel like the severed heads just 
in and of themselves is just, that's just enough that's enough right there you don't need to add like the burning sage like you know like it's some sort of like cult thing like <laughs> maybe they did maybe a they cult did. thing i should say um but you know or maybe it was just to like offset the smell of the fucking corp uh, the heads the heads yeah it could be that too uh scarlet and i saged an item yesterday it's, it's a pretty nice smell uh we, we got a we got a desk from somebody but it but it had passed the person that owned the desk had passed away so we I did see. a little saging of it before putting it in her room so i see that's that's probably uh yeah so i mean it, it's it's not, it, yeah it gives off a nice fragrance and uh you know so you know it, you never can really go wrong with saging stuff well, so. yeah i mean for the most part Right. You don't so. want to like drop the burning sage and it catches something on fire and Right. You, then you've you have gone, to you've practice gone wrong. good fire safety. Yes. And I mean I would say that that was not done here because uh the sage was burning like unattended with the three severed heads. But moving along. He described the scene as reminiscent of a horror movie and promptly filed a police report. He is also planning to file complaints with local and state authorities. According to Wheatley, the heads were placed on his desk by the AGA after he reported concerns about mishandling and unsatisfactory conditions of the donated bodies. He alleged the act was retaliation for the complaints. William O'Connor, the AGA's executive vice president, denied any maltreatment allegations and claimed that handling body parts falls within Wheatley's job description. O'Connor further defended the organization, which has been in operation for over a century. However, Wheatley wasn't the only one to raise concerns about the state of the donated bodies. The day before the severed heads were found at Wheatley's desk, Casey Tilden, the anatomy lab manager at Northwestern University Feinberg School of Medicine, sent an email expressing dissatisfaction with the condition of the donated bodies they received. Tilden mentioned that the bodies were either covered in flies or distorted in a way that rendered them unusable. In the email to the AGA, Tilden stated, quote, There are a handful of donors that were recently delivered with feet and hands that show signs of decomposition, end quote. <laughs> Great. I know, right? Because <laughs> you want your donated bottles riddled with rot. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of... um. That's not very helpful, I don't think, for, like, educational purposes. Except no. to be like, well, I guess this is... This is what is, happens you know. when a body decomposes. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to be really useful for, like, our anatomy lesson. Um, no. Because no. it's all, like, mush. But, you know... Yeah. Yeah. Other universities in Illinois have also complained about the condition of the bodies they were sent, according to Wheatley. He said, quote, they're sending donors back because of mold and rot and bugs. It's deplorable. There's been instances where I've pulled donors from our storing room out of the racks and rats have chewed through the bottom of the bag through the feet, end quote. Jesus. That sounds Ew. like just lovely. I know. <laughs> like, like rats are gross anyways and then they're like eating dead bodies like ew rats are cute well not ones that eat dead people cats eat dead people cats eat, do eat dead people and they're cute too they are cute like i'm pretty sure when i fell down the stairs like if no one had you know yeah your cats would have found eaten me you. like yeah my cats would have totally 100 percent eaten me yeah <laughs> i just it's just they would just grow you go into fetch a, a body to deliver it somewhere and there's like just rats like gnawing on it and then they like oh, yeah, no, scurry that's away uh, even like, if there's a bunch yeah. of cats gnawing on it and they were scurrying away <laughs> I mean, either way like orphans just scurrying away like i don't like any of it in another instance the manager of a local university lab expressed concerns to wheatley about the poor condition of cadavers Wheatley informed the lab manager that the bodies were not being adequately embalmed and encouraged her to report these concerns to William O'Connor, the executive vice president of the AGA. In both an email to O'Connor and Wheatley, the lab manager detailed several issues, including flies crawling on the bodies, mold and rot in the limbs, 
and instances of students falling ill after exposure to the bodies during their studies. Yeah, that's not good. No. That's really bad. <laughs> yeah. Wheatley stated that he expressed his concerns regarding the procedures involved in handling and storing the bodies, and a day later the severed heads showed up on his desk. He says he wants to alert the loved ones of donors who have contributed their bodies to medical science through the AGA. According to Wheatley's attorney, an investigation of the AGA by the Cook County Medical Examiner's Office, the Illinois Department of Financial and Professional Regulation, and the Illinois Department of Public Health has been requested to evaluate the conditions and procedures involved in all aspects of cadaver care at the facility. Yeah, there's all these, like, fucking, like, state agencies, like, set up, you know, to, you know, like, you know, oversight, you know, going on here. And, uh, like, you know, yeah, please do step in. Yeah. Because apparently, um, <laughs> doesn't seem like, uh, William O'Connor, executive vice president, seems to, uh, you know, care at all about what's going on. He'd rather point the fingers at other people. Yeah, because, you know, I... Like I, I'm an organ donor, so when I die, mm -hmm. they'll be like, "Oh, take we'll take what we need." I mean, that I'm imagining that probably also can be for schooling. I don't know if it's necessarily just for uh, people like that need it right away or whatever. But I would rather my body be used for something useful and not just like fucking the meat bits thrown away. Yeah, I think, um, well, organ donation is typically just uh, within the parameters of actually taking an organ to donate to a living person right, that so if someone needs it. Like, say, but if you want, yeah. you have to do, like, a different thing if you want, like, your entire body to go to science, where you might be, like, sliced open to, you know, uh, you know, for people learning anatomy and, yeah, yeah. and things like that. There's yeah. a separate form for donating your body to medical science? Yes, yes. But being an organ donor is really easy. You just do that when you get your driver's license. And I would highly encourage anybody to, to do that, everybody to do that, because you don't need them. Nope. And, um <laughs> Not once you're dead. Yeah, and you can, you can save several lives. Like, so many people die um, waiting for organs every year. Like, you know, tens of thousands of people um, at the very least, tens of thousands of people die waiting for for organs uh, that never they that they never you know get to their name on the list. Yeah, and no. um, and then you know usually by the time you need a, an organ and you're waiting, you're you're pretty bad health and you're just sitting there in like you know not feeling great, like hoping against hope that your you know name's going to get called and you're going to get that organ and a lot of times that just doesn't happen so yeah, no. that really sucks that really sucks for the people that that need them so please 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 consider becoming an organ donor you don't need them yeah you don't you don't i, you I mean can, now you do you can you can, you can do a, a lot to to help other people in the event of your you know tragic and un untimely death so or timely Hey. Yeah, I mean, most of the time, judge. if people die of old age, you can't really use their organs. I mean, that's you know. when you go to medical science. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you live to be a hundred, probably, uh, you know, things aren't going to be in a condition where you can, like, you know, donate them to, yeah. you know, some like thirty-seven-year-old with heart failure or something like that. So like, here's but... a eighty. Here's an art, a heart older than you. Like... Yes, exactly. Unless exactly. you got a good heart, you know, you never know. Yeah, I mean, you never know. I just know that typically, typically, it's, yeah, it's no, more like, not, you know, yeah. when you, life is cut tragically short, like yes. in a car accident or something along yes. those lines. But yeah, yeah. Can you fucking believe that shit, though? I, I mean, mean, damn. Like, how fucking, I, I mean. I want to say I can't believe it, but I mean, <laughs> I'm not honestly overly surprised. It's just, like, that is some retaliation. I mean, I guess that's how they do it out there. I tried yeah. to look for it to oh, see if mean, there was any, like... Oh, you mean about oh, that part? I thought you meant about, about the, the severed heads. Oh, yeah, yeah, that no, is yeah. A I was speaking of the severed heads. Yeah. That's some fucking crazy-ass retaliation. That's, I, I, yeah. I, I uh, scanned the comment section to see if there was anything really great, but it was most mostly people just, like, you know... He must have lost his mind. I guess they really lost their heads over that, or heads are yeah. gonna roll for this. I mean... 
lots of lots of funny Austin stuff. I didn't, yes, I, I didn't find anything. Um, you know, great. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> super great. But uh, however, like, yeah, what a story. I mean, that's Fuck. something you don't hear every day. Like, hey, someone no. left severed heads on my fucking desk. No, no, bad day. I would, I would go home from work that day. Yeah, I think I would need to take a personal day too. Yeah. Like, yeah. Someone that left severed heads on my desk. I'm sure that that's not what those bodies are supposed to be used for. You're not supposed to be like not. cutting their head off and like no. putting them out on people's desks as like a warning about what happens when you tattle. Um, or maybe, or maybe, I mean, <laughs> maybe you are. Maybe we've been doing it wrong this whole time. I don't know. It's like, what is going on over there at the anatomical gift association is like a fucking mafia or some shit you know it's like hey this no, is what happens when you squeal <laughs> <laughs> william o'connor thinks he's fucking al capone i don't know maybe maybe, maybe. uh yeah and then i mean not only you know gross misuse of like the the bodies that have been donated for medical science but then you know leaving the burning sage there unattended i mean that's a fire hazard too <laughs> That's got to be like violating some shit there. You're not supposed to have like lit, you know, things like on fire in an enclosed building. In the no smoking. Space. I mean, yeah, no smoking. I mean, that's got to be like an OSHA violation I'm, just I'm sure, I'm sure in and of is. itself there. But I'm sure it is. There you have it. There you have it. Well, how about we go to Florida? All right. Let's take a trip to Florida. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. This is from AP News. Florida's Dr. Deep resurfaces after a record 100 days living underwater. Wow. Key Largo, Florida. A university professor who spent 100 days living underwater at a Florida Keys Lodge for scuba divers resurfaced Friday and raised his face to the sun for the first time since March 1st. Dr. Joseph Dituri set a new record for the longest time living underwater without depressurization during his stay at Jules Undersea Lodge, submerged between 30 feet, 9.14 meters, of water in a Key Largo lagoon. The diving explorer and medical researcher shattered the previous mark of 73 days, 2 hours, and 34 minutes, said by two Tennessee professors at the same lodge in 2014. It was never about the record, Deturi said. It was about extending human tolerance for the underwater world and for an isolated, confined, extreme environment. Deturi, who also goes by the moniker Dr. Deep Sea, Yowza, is a University of South Florida educator who holds a doctorate in biomedical engineering and is a retired U.S. Naval officer. Guinness World Records listed Turi as the record holder on its website after his 74th day underwater last month. The Marine Resources Development Foundation, which owns the lodge, will ask Guinness to certify Turi's 100-day mark, according to the foundation head Ian Koblick. Turi's undertaking, dubbed Project, Project Neptune 100, was organized by the foundation. Unlike a submarine, which uses technology to keep the inside pressure about the same as at the surface, the lodge's interior is set to match the higher pressure found underwater. The project aimed to learn more about how the human body and mind respond to extended exposure to extreme pressure in an isolated environment, and was designed to benefit ocean researchers and astronauts on future long-term missions. During the three months and nine days he spent underwater, Deturi conducted daily experiments and measurements to monitor how his body responded to the increase in pressure over time. He also met online with several thousand students from 12 countries, taught a USF course, and welcomed more than 60 visitors to the habitat. The most gratifying part about this is interaction with almost 5,000 students and having them care about preserving, protecting, and rejuvenating our marine environment, Deturi said. He plans to present findings from Project Neptune 100 at November's World Extreme Medicine Conference in Scotland. 100 days underwater. 
That's a long time. Yeah. And I guess it didn't say much about what they like anything that they found, but I'm sure, you know, that was just the article was written like on June 9th. So uh, mm-hmm. probably take some time to go through the data and everything. But, uh, you know, it's probably quite pertinent information for, uh, you know, the whole project of getting humans to Mars thing. Yes. I mean, the pressure less so, but the isolation of being in a suit all the time and, mm-hmm. you know, that sort of thing. I would not want to be uh, in an underwater anything for 100 days. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, he had to change sometime, I'm sure. I just don't, like, know how the whole thing is and, like, what happened to I mean, if well, you're... Well, isn't it, like, a habitat, though? Like, where you can, like, take your stuff off and, you know, like, kind of like when you're, like, on the, the spaceship, you don't have well, to, but like, he's underwater. the whole time. Yeah, but, I mean, it's, like, an underwater habitat i mean i guess i don't really know i i assumed that he was underwater the entire time yeah like the the thing is underwater but it's an underwater lodge didn't it say i guess it did yeah yeah so i'm assuming like there's like a depressurization chamber well no but that's the whole thing is they were talking about it's it's not depressurized but there's like a chamber that you go in i'm I'm assuming you can like you know i don't know i just know that at some point it would suck at being in a suit for so long because what happens if your nose itches or like you sneeze and you've just got like a snotty face. Yeah, that would be terrible. Yeah. I, I feel like there had to have been a way for him to take his suit off if he's like in an actual like lodge thing and they got visitors and stuff too. So. Yeah, I mean, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I would just not want to be in the underwater thing, uh, suit or no suit, just because yeah. it would freak me out. Like, you yeah. ever watch Sphere? Okay. Like, uh, or any like uh terrible like submarine you know yeah i'm just not into any accident of that. movie yeah. like just Hunt for red october yeah like uh no like we don't <laughs> not want for any me. of that not for I, me. that's that's all i'd be able to Titanic. think about is like nope, not what, for me yeah what if the this you know the structure <laughs> just collapses and i'm cast there. away nope not into it <sighs> no no thank you uh, no thank you on that but you know hey dr deep sea like you know good on good on you for you know pushing the science forward yeah i wouldn't want to do space either like fuck that no not really but space is terrifying uh, yeah i mean it's just as bad i mean your spaceship something like bigger like the you know integrity of your ship you know is compromised and then you're totally fucked just like if you're like living in something like deep under the sea like Fucked, fucked, fucked. No, thank you. <laughs> fucked. Totally fucked. With a capital F. Why don't you give us the last thing of the episode here, Joanna? I will do that. We're gonna we're gonna go out to Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, have you heard of any of the recent uh, UFO like thing that happened out there? Uh, no. Okay. So, uh, this is mostly derived from abc7.com as well as 8newsnow.com. And uh, apparently a 911 call came in just last week about uh, an alien uh, in... (laughs) Apparently a UFO, like, crashed into somebody's backyard... Oh, okay. I'm sorry. This the the articles were kind of from last week, but um, this incident occurred on May first. Okay. Where um, a family, like police, responded to a 911 call from a family who uh, said that something crashed into their backyard, and then they saw non-human um, life forms in their backyard that were like eight feet tall. Jesus. Yeah, and there's some stuff, there's some videos going around on TikTok. I haven't actually viewed the TikTok videos. Um, but they're there. They're always there. They're there. They're always there. I mean, I'm not too, uh, like, up and up on, like, the ins and outs of TikTok and how to use it um, yeah. fully. Like, uh, I do have it now, like, which is kind of an accomplishment for a 43-year-old person, in, in my opinion. But, but, you know, my kids have to, like, put it on. And I have, like, exactly one video. Right. Uh, well, you know, I, I'm sure. <laughs> and, like, four there's, followers. <laughs> there's probably just, like, a magnifying glass type thing that you click on and then you can type. 
right the like the search, search parameter for yeah. yeah yeah i just i just don't you know get on it a whole lot because all this stuff just kind of assaults me right like it was it was annoying enough when my kids would put on tiktok and like you hear like this like say you know and they watch they go through the video loop like 58 times like oh, hearing makes, the same like music awful. clip yeah so it's kind of the same thing except like now it's like on my phone and like you know like in my face so like i'll get on tiktok for like a second and then i like quickly like close it out and i'm like no not for me not for me no <laughs> I, I i can't i can't deal with the tiktok they did release the uh body cam footage of the officers that responded but the responding officers did not find anything in the backyard um the stuff going around tiktok is allegedly what the people filmed like the eight feet tall people right um they're not people but eight feet tall aliens uh, is what you know is maybe questionable but the 911 call was real the police did come out and investigate didn't find anything however there are a lot of witnesses though that said they saw like weird lights in the sky around the time that the 911 call happened and there have been uh, a couple of these things recently in Las Vegas. Um, I mean, Vegas is a place where weird things happen. Uh, not just the local, you know, people that are, are there, but <laughs> <laughs> it is. I mean, it's it's fairly close to Area 51, which yep. was made known to the public in uh, 1989 by a whistleblower. and. Uh, since then, you know, it's, it's drawn lots of UFO, um, you know, followers. Like they love to, you know, like let's go to Vegas and gamble, and then let's go up north in the Nevada desert, check out Area Fifty One, see what's going on there. There was something more recently where there was some in April. Also, there was some strange lights over Las Vegas, which have uh, since still have not been uh, identified as the source. And there are some pictures and video of those lights as well. And apparently there is going to be um, a House Oversight Committee is is preparing a hearing, an intelligence hearing around this thing that happened may 1st really? about like the crash yeah and and this thing that also happened in in late april so it was just like over the course of a couple of weeks there were a few different instances where people saw lights or claimed to have seen a uh, spacecraft that crashed yeah that's so, pretty crazy it is pretty crazy that now like the government's kind of like yeah maybe we should uh like uh, get together and talk about that yeah uh, i mean that's a that's a wholly different response from what we you know grew up with what with like you, know, you didn't see anything nothing happened yeah from like that is a completely different different response from like five years ago <laughs> you yes know? i mean this yes. is all like really new it's actually interesting how it seems like it it's not as big as i feel like it should be like the government actually being like, yeah, I mean, there's fucking something out there and we don't know what it is. Right. And, I mean, they're they're saying like they're not necessarily saying aliens, but. Yeah, I mean, they're, they, they're still saying like, well, officially we don't, you know, we've, we've never really found anything that conclusively says it. But I mean, I think it's because maybe because for so long it's like, yeah, we all know. <laughs> well, for the, we all know it, like, was, it was actually. It was you know. something that was looked down on for so long and so much. Right. Like the government was like, oh, it's fucking swamp cast and just telling you all this, like writing things off with such bullshit excuses that people were afraid to, like a normal person was afraid to come forward because mm-hmm. then they would be seen as a crazy person. Right. Or, you know, they would be ridiculed by their friends and their family and they, they would, mm-hmm. like, they would never live it down their whole life. Be like, oh, that's fucking James saw an alien when he was four years old you know hey james you see any little green men lately it's like fuck you i was four uh-huh. years old people like, don't forget oh, was that one guy was it like his name was like travis something like the one there where they made like the movie about oh, him the fire in the sky fire in the sky yeah. guy yeah. yeah i mean eventually people just are like fuck you i don't want to talk about this anymore uh-huh. because they're sick of people fucking with them but now it's a, you know, it's 180. It's like, no, no, we, we would like to hear what you have to say and we'll take you seriously right. and it will go on a report and we'll actually mm-hmm. report it, like take a look at shit. Yeah, it's like, hmm, a couple of uh, reports that we can't, uh, you know, that 
can't really be explained by other you know things like you know that would be more more common or whatever like non alien things uh such as like there was actually some lights um like in like late december of last year there is some weird lights that appeared over a gentleman's club in las vegas so <laughs> oh yeah but you <laughs> that know. was interesting and uh but that one was attributed to perhaps like something to do with like the clouds and like the reflection of lights from other buildings yeah or like a uh, spotlights and shit like that mm-hmm. well there were spotlights coming off the club but um but yeah, it wasn't it wasn't those. It was definitely like more stationary lights, but they thought it was something to do with like the the it called like a like a pillar or something with like the the clouds where it was like reflecting some other lights from some other places. Right. But, but these last two instances seem to be like as of yet they have been, you know, no explanation has yeah, been I found for them so know. so the government's kind of like well maybe we should uh you know talk about this a little further see what's uh, you know going on see here. what everything's um, happening you know mm-hmm. yeah so pretty pretty weird uh, absolutely yeah, pretty, pretty weird turn of events government wise i wouldn't <laughs> yeah. say it's wholly weird as far as you know like seeing weird lights in the sky like that that's sort of know, par- i mean that's more or less par for the course there's yes. weird shit happens and people have been reporting weird shit in the skies for all of time basically right it's just right as as we get things you know like oh no okay we have shooting stars and you know we got you know this and that there's these things that actually occur and you know freaking right. borealises and, and what have you and then uh there's i mean they just re- released some report where it was like oh, there was a hundred like out of I believe I can't remember the amount of reports maybe like between five and seven hundred reports or something and like a hundred and seventy mm-hmm. of them they're like yeah we don't fucking know there was yeah. like a bunch of like oh yeah we attribute it to these different events that are known and then there's a hundred and seventy that like we don't we don't fucking know so that's. <laughs> That's pretty significant. Yeah. yeah, just ones where just like, yeah, actually don't have an explanation for that. Yeah. They, you know, the government has yet to um, acknowledge what uh, people have said is going on in Area 51, where like, yes, there's actual like spacecrafts and they're trying to like reverse, you know, engineer the technology. Um, yeah, but- that, I mean... That they they haven't gone so far as to uh, admit or confirm that yet, but it seems that yeah now they're more open to being like yeah there's you know like like you said like yeah there's like 170 things that we we don't know what the fuck it was yeah we don't know some of this shit so yeah and we're yeah. and we're open to discussing it further like kind of if they'd start doing that we're really... officially discussing it like. <laughs> Yeah, not just being a joke. Not every, you know, hearing the X Files theme for every single fucking news story that has anything to do with, you know, anything like that. Right. They always like tongue in cheek X Files theme. Fucking mm -hmm. some newscaster is just like, oh hey, blah 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 blah. I mean, because you know, like over the Live years, like prosper, the government you know? has been like discussing these things at length, especially the stuff that they don't know what the fuck it is. But yeah. so, I mean, we're baby steps here. So now they're admitting that they're talking about it seriously. <laughs> and they're having, you know, house committees or whatever. Right. Over right. Spe- so, so now they're, they're uh, taking that incidents. public like, yeah, like, yeah, we uh, we're, we're going to talk about this. This is this is weird. We don't have an explanation and we're going to get together and, and discuss it. So at least there's that. At least it's not something where it's like, yeah, like that's that's just totally, you know. But bullshit, you're a crazy and, yeah, person. That's not even worth our time. And of course, yeah, we don't talk about it yeah. because it doesn't exist, people. Yeah. So, you know, we're getting there. We're getting there. I'm sure uh, if this was aliens, they probably like ran out of gas just staring at shit happening down in the Vegas because, yeah, you yeah. know, it's a pretty entertaining place. If I was an alien cruising over the world, probably Las Vegas would be like a fun place, I think, to like hover over and just watch the goings on. New York, London, mm-hmm. Paris. 
any big city, but, you know, Vegas is particularly like, you know, like, hey, it's Vegas, you know, we've got all the people dressed shiny up, we got all the, you know, all the lights, it's, it's, it's shiny and pretty, <laughs> yeah. and then everyone, like, can drink on the streets, everyone's just, like, running around, like, drunk as fuck, like, you know, living it up, yeah. Yeah. I, if I were an alien, I'd be like, yeah, let's go watch humans in Vegas. <laughs> yeah. They do the dumbest shit there. Uh-huh, it's a fun Saturday <laughs> night, you know? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that's uh you know it's also a flat area so it's pretty easy to land. Mhm. It is and it's surrounded by like nothing. So right. I yeah. mean you can't miss it. Like there's just, like the darkness of the desert and then boom, there's Vegas. there it is. There's yeah. the Vegas and all it's a, uh, you know, glittery drunken awesomeness. <laughs> it's Vegasness. <laughs> Well, I think that is what we got for you today. Uh, thank you guys very much for listening. If you'd like to uh, join our Patreon, it's patreon.com slash strangerthanpodcast, where for $2 you can hear these regular episodes, uh, but ad-free. And for $5 a month, you get the ad-free regular episodes. And in addition, you get a bonus true crime episode where Joanna tells you about awful people doing awful things to less or not awful people. You can check out the podcast syndicate we're a part of, ageofradio.org. Our little section of that website is ageofradio.org slash stranger than, where you can listen to our podcasts. And with that, we'll talk to you next time. And stay strange. <laughs>